What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, September 24th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I am Priyanka Arabindi, and this is What A Day, where we're calling for Chris Pratt to be recast in the animated Mario movie as the voice of the tube. Yeah, he was announced as Mario yesterday, but, you know, he could also settle for the sound the mushroom makes when it hits your head, the, like, star noise, any of these things he'd be great at. There's a lot of options. On today's show, the U.S. Special Envoy to Haiti has resigned. Plus, West Virginia's governor could be spending all of his time fighting COVID, but instead he has been fighting to coach high school basketball recently. Good priorities. Very, very good. Um, But first, we have a lot of news on the vaccine front about boosters and efficacy and authorizations. So just yesterday, a CDC advisory board unanimously said that older adults should be allowed to receive a booster shot of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine. That means that people 65 and older might be able to get a third shot. Also in line would be people younger than that who might be at high risk, but not those who are regularly exposed to COVID in their jobs, which is different from what an FDA advisory board suggested earlier this week. Mm. The final decision on boosters, however, rests with the full CDC itself, but generally the agency usually follows what the advisory board suggests. Yeah, and before all of that, on Tuesday, we got some long-awaited Johnson & Johnson news. Uh, The company announced that a two-dose version of their coronavirus vaccine that is given two months apart is 94% effective against symptomatic COVID-19. The company also said that adding a booster dose six months after the first shot is even more effective than that. Okay, very exciting news for J&J Hive. Mm-hmm. That is us. A big moment for us. <laughs> Huge. Uh, but all, with all of these developments and ongoing discussions about boosters, I wanted to take some time to talk to an expert about some of the big questions that are still out there and honestly just to help make sense of all of this news. So who better to do that with than Dr. Abdul Al-Sayed? He is an epidemiologist, the host of America Dissected, and honestly, he has been on the show more times than I have at this point. <laughs> Abdul, welcome back to the show. Priyanka, it's an honor, uh, as always, to join you, and congratulations on the new role, and really excited to uh, to discuss. Thank you. Let's start with the state of boosters right now, maybe a little scene-setting for everybody Can you tell us about the latest guidance in the U.S. about who should be getting booster shots and then if you think that guidance will stay the same? Yeah. So let's step back for a second. The whole premise of booster shots has been the fact that there has been, as Dr. Fauci would would use the word, a diminution in the effect of a regular course of vaccinations, not against protecting against symptomatic illness with COVID-19 and in the Delta variant in particular, 
but against infection uh, and the possibility of transmission. And so those two pieces um, don't necessarily go hand in hand. This secondary endpoint has become a real focus, particularly when it comes to the Delta variant, which we all know is far more transmissible. And so the question was, do we boost the vaccine? Um, And is there evidence that boosters uh, can reduce the probability of infection, particularly among the most vulnerable folks whose immune systems tend to be the weakest, whether you're immunocompromised at any age or over the age of 65, which is something that tends to happen with aging. So that sets the stage for this conversation about where we are now. Right. I want to ask you a little bit more about those people who are at risk because of you know, their work situations, maybe they are doctors or teachers or whatnot. So the CDC voted to exclude them, you know, from this this guidance on uh, booster shots. Can you tell us about what you think about this choice, if it's a good one, all of that? Yeah. Remember, the, the whole conversation here isn't about whether or not you're protected from uh, getting sick or hospitalized or dying. What the CDC is guiding from is the available evidence that's shown that there may be some added benefit against your risk of getting ill and or passing it on. But we just don't have the evidence that is conclusive, that demonstrates that, in fact, a third booster protects you from either being infected or passing it on if you're under the age of 65. And so the CDC is basically saying, well, if we're not going to recommend this for anyone, we'd be going off of the data, away from the evidence to recommend it for people who have higher risk of exposure. Um, And they're saying we want to be a little bit conservative about how we're interpreting this evidence. And the other point here is just to say that um, we are still in a scenario where the biggest issue is not who gets a third dose. The biggest issue is who gets a first dose. Totally. Uh, So this guidance, as you said, is all about the Pfizer vaccine. But earlier this week, we got some new news about J&J, which was very exciting for the crew here. There was a small like small but vocal crew that has all received J&J. We all kind of circulate the news that we get. Um, But they released their own study about boosters showing that a second dose of their vaccine two months after the first provides 94% protection against moderate to severe COVID symptoms. I would love to know, you know, what your thoughts were on that study and the results that are there. Well, you know, it's unsurprising. I mean, this whole time uh, we've been comparing one shot of J&J to two shots of everything else. And so the fact that it was as effective as it was in one dose really should be heartening to folks who, who took J&J. Um, what's going to happen is that the this this evidence um, is going to be reviewed by the FDA uh, and then again reviewed by the CDC uh, around a second dose. And I do expect that the conversation around boosting J&J is going to look a little bit different than it, than it does for boosting um, Pfizer and Moderna, simply because, again, you're comparing one dose of J&J to two doses uh, of Pfizer and Moderna at baseline. And so I think a lot of the conversation about over 65 or under 65, um, that, that that's not going to be as um, it, it follow the same pathway. Got it. Okay. So to our knowledge and on this conversation, the only place that's authorized a booster for people with the J&J shot is the San Francisco Health Department. So several weeks ago, they allowed those people to get a booster, but with one of the mRNA vaccines, so Pfizer or Moderna. I was wondering if you could tell us a little more about this mixing and matching concept. You know, is this a good idea? Should you definitely not do this? Any any guidance you can give us there? I personally believe that it's always worth um, reviewing the quality of evidence and um, waiting for a body like the FDA that that generally has uh, very stringent guidelines around what they approve to approve of something like this. And I think 
for folks who, who've taken the J&J and sort of feel like they've been been a bit left out, um, that evidence is on the way and recommendations, I think, are going to be short and coming. And so I hope folks will sit tight. Um, obviously, right, this is all demonstrating the fact that, you know, science is a um, imperfect process, right, that, that sort of tends to lead us uh, over the long term in, in the right direction. But I tend to follow uh, the, the recommendations, though, of the, of the FDA and CDC that have sort of a tighter set of data that they, they admit when they're, they're making these decisions. Um, and, you know, I recommend that folks do the same. Right. That sounds like good advice to me. So as I was saying, Gideon, me, several other people in Crooked, we are all in the J&J squad. We kind of send each other little news that's out there. It kind of feels like there's not as much. I am curious, do you think this is a failing of health officials and the media? Is it just because less people have received this shot? I think a lot of it has just been the, the focus on the boosters has been driven by the interests of the corporations themselves. And, you know, Pfizer was the first to market. They were um, the first to have data. And for that reason, they've sort of dominated the conversation about boosters. Uh, and so I think this is probably why we're hearing so much about them. Um, I know that there's been a lot of um, a lot of investigation into uh, how to maximize the protection of J&J. Um, and I think that data is that data is going to be coming. It's probably not going to be covered uh, as loudly simply because the first of anything tends to be the one that's covered the the loudest. But um, I'm glad that you guys are going to have a Slack channel and you're going to be covering it just as loudly uh, as the media ought to be. Yeah, loudly. Pfizer seems like the real Marsha Brady of the conversation. I'm oh, there's no doubt. Out there. Absolutely yeah. no uh, doubt. 100%. Thank you. Okay, so this is going to sound a little bit like it's a me question, but I do think that there are people out there who this will be applicable to. So I'm just going to go ahead and Well, ask. if you've got the question, there's definitely somebody out there that's got exactly. it. Exactly. That was my logic here. Okay. So I'm a relatively healthy, relatively young person. Obviously, I got a vaccine as soon as I could. I see the stats. I hear the news about boosters. I think, you know, that's great. Obviously, I'm not top priority. I know I shouldn't be and don't think I, you know, deserve that. But you know, I'm kind of like, oh, why, why wouldn't I want more protection from COVID down the line if that was made available to me? But given what we know, you know, kind of what you're telling us, is that like even the mindset I should be in? Or do I need a booster shot? Or would I need a booster shot at all? Or is that instinct to be as protected as possible, you know, the right one in this situation? What you're highlighting here is the long consequence of this conversation, which is that it has shaken the trust that people have in the vaccines that they've already gotten. The recommendation that I give to folks is that, um, you know, at this time, if you uh, were to really, really want a third dose, the preponderance of the evidence suggests that that's not uh, an unsafe thing to do and that there's probably some uh, minuscule advantage. And at the same time, there is a reason that the CDC and the FDA have not authorized and or recommended these third boosters simply because uh, the two-dose regimen when it comes to Pfizer is both safe and effective against the probability of getting sick uh, and or being hospitalized or dying. But if more Americans get booster shots, are we taking away shots from people abroad who wouldn't be vaccinated yet? How does that work? So if there's a large demand for a third dose here, there are vaccine shipments um, that are going to be routed to places in the United States rather than routed abroad. In the long term, right? Yes, there's going to be enough vaccine to go around, but the long term is a very long term and people are dying today. 
on my podcast, America Dissected, I interviewed Scott Gottlieb, uh, who was a former FDA commissioner last week. And we had a you know pretty robust conversation about this. But every, every third dose that we give in the United States is the first dose that we're delaying in another country. And totally. um, you know, what I'm going to choose to do is I'm going to follow the recommendations of the FDA and the CDC. Um, I know that as a, as a healthy 30-something that um, I'm, I'm not at risk, and thankfully I have a, a competent immune system. But um, as a young person, I don't want to add to a, to a stampede of added demand so that, you know, Pfizer is going to ship more vaccine here to meet that demand, uh, making more money rather than shipping it abroad to get it to people who need it before, you know, need a first dose before I get my third. Right. That is really helpful. Thank you so much. Dr. Abdul El-Sayed, host of Crooked Media's America Dissected. Thank you so much for all of this. This has been great. Well, Priyanka Arabindi, co-host of Crooked Media's What a Day. It was. It has been a privilege and look forward to doing this more often, okay? I hope so. Thank you so much. This is great. Yeah, and you can hear more of Dr. Abdul El-Sayed in that conversation that he mentioned with former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb. That is actually on the latest episode of America Dissected. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that is the latest for now. We will be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? 
therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The Biden administration's special envoy to Haiti resigned yesterday. This comes as the White House faces widespread criticism for deporting upwards of 1,000 migrants from the southern border and for public health concerns at the makeshift migrant camp. In Ambassador Daniel Foote's resignation letter, he wrote, quote, I will not be associated with the United States' inhumane, counterproductive decision to deport thousands of Haitian refugees. According to the Associated Press, Foote, a career diplomat, was already frustrated with the U.S. government's lack of urgency to improve conditions in Haiti. Roughly 14,000 Haitians arrived at the Texas-Mexico border last weekend after their country was thrown into turmoil this summer due to the assassination of their president and an earthquake that killed more than 2,000 people. Foote announced that he was stepping down immediately, and the State Department criticized him for resigning at such a crucial moment. I don't know if the State Department should be criticizing anybody right now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. New York City Council members passed several bills to protect and establish rights for delivery workers in their city yesterday. The measures created a minimum for payments per trip, put limits on how far a worker can be asked to travel, blocked apps from charging workers fees for tips, and required most restaurants and bars to let delivery workers use their bathrooms, which is the bare minimum. Right. Yeah, this is huge for a group of workers that have been relied upon heavily, especially throughout the pandemic. Studies have shown that delivery workers are often susceptible to things like wage theft and physical assault. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law a bill that restricts warehouse employers from setting productivity quotas. This bill subtly targets Amazon, which set unsafe quotas that sometimes prevents warehouse workers from taking much needed breaks. Under the new law, workers can legally sue their employer if they are forced to operate under quotas. That is right. Just like campus police dealing with a rager, the White House is preparing for a shutdown. Thank you very much. That's according to a report in The Washington Post, which said the White House Budget Office was informing federal agencies to get ready for such a scenario yesterday, which would mark the first potential shutdown during the pandemic. Funding is set to expire on September 30th. And administration officials say this adheres to traditional procedures seven days ahead of a possible shutdown and doesn't necessarily reflect whether or not they think a deal can be struck in Congress. Earlier this week, House Democrats did pass a measure to fund the government and suspend the debt ceiling, but it is not expected to pass in the Senate where Republicans do not want to lift said ceiling. Circling back to that college rager comparison that everyone thought was pretty unique and clever, they do not want to raise the roof. No. Uh, Okay. Meanwhile, (laughs) Democratic leaders in Congress said that there had been a framework reached with the White House on funding Biden's multi-trillion dollar domestic agenda in advance of Monday. That is when a House vote on the infrastructure package is expected. Let's get back to the party metaphor really fast. This is the part where you've woken up the next day and realized that you have to cram for an exam. So you lost me on the metaphor a little while ago, but I know that that is not a good feeling. (laughs) So I'm just going to trust you. Leading a state with the nation's lowest vaccination rate and highest COVID hospitalization rate, West Virginia Governor Jim Justice is keeping his eye on the ball, specifically the basketball in a high school gym. Mm -hmm. He spent a good part of the last month fighting to be allowed to coach the boys team at a school near his home. 
On Tuesday, Justice backed down, publishing a letter that contained the sentence, quote, I refuse to spend time fighting hate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, But here is how we got to this point. Justice already coaches the girls team at Greenbrier East. And as of August, he was poised to start coaching the boys team as well. Wow. Then the local education board voted three to two against hiring him, citing concerns such as his existing job as the (laughs) governor. Like he might be busy. A little bit, a little bit. Who knows? As if to prove his other gig was really easy, Justice made protesting this decision his full-time job, filing a grievance against the board, which said his qualifications, quote, towered above those of any other applicant. (laughs) That grievance didn't go anywhere, so Justice will go back to being a one basketball team governor and dealing with a lousy and boring pandemic instead of making his hoop dreams come true. Sad. A person may look at this and may call it poetic justice, and I might just be that person. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. Strike everything I've said today from the record. <laughs> and those are the headlines. Two more things before we go. First, Love It or Leave It, live or else, is back in Los Angeles. Vax up and mask up to join John Lovett and friends every week at Arena Cine Lounge Outdoors. Next week's guests include BJ Novak and Ashley Ray. Love it. Those are good guests. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, for updates, you can check out crooked.com slash events. Also, we have a second very important announcement to make, which makes us both very sad and very proud. This is the last day for one of the founding members of the WAD team, Sonia Tun. So Sonia started with us back in 2019 when it was still okay for us all to sit at one big table in an enclosed space, sharing aerosols uh, as a family. She's been an essential part of the team, an indispensable one, producing amazing segments, highlighting underreported stories, and giving very good music recommendations. We could not do what we do every day without her. She is our team's coolest member by far, and her departure will have just devastating effects on our grip on the culture. We're going to miss her a lot, but we are so, so excited about what she's going to do next. Bye, Sonia. Thank you so much again. Oh, thank you, Gideon. Bye, Sonia. Uh, bye, Sonia. Bye, Sonia. Bye, Sonia. Bye, Sonia. <laughs> Love you. You're the best. Thank you, guys. <laughs> That is all for today. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, quit your third job as a basketball coach, and tell your friends, listen. And if you are into reading and not just opening credits that say Chris Pratt as the tube, like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and we'll, we'll miss, miss you, Sonia. Sonia. Yeah. If I don't hear some music recommendations in my life, just know... I will have no music recommendations to pass on to anybody else and seem cool. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware.
I'm Jessica Reeves, and I've been analyzing and reporting on extremism for the last 10 years, and I have the gray hair to prove it. Subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, for an always eye-opening look inside the daily work of exposing, fighting, and disrupting all facets of extremism. My co-host, Oren Siegel, and I explore this ever-changing landscape and bring you stories of people and places impacted by extremism, those who fight to protect our communities, and those who offer new perspectives. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.